Turn with me to the book of Jeremiah, chapter 20. Jeremiah, chapter 20. start out reading in verse 7. If I can. Oh Lord, you have induced me and I was persuaded. You are stronger than I and I and have prevailed. I am in derision daily. Everyone mocks me. For when I spoke, I cried out, I shouted, violence and plunder, because the word of the Lord was made to me, a reproach and a derision daily. And then I said, I will not make mention of him nor speak any more in his name. But his word was in my heart like a burning fire, shut up in my bones, and I was weary of holding it back and could not. I've always been particularly drawn to this story and scripture and, and to this particular point in the life of Jeremiah, the prophet. There's something about these words here that have always just grabbed me and, and really stirred and, and, you know, burned something even in me as I, I read these passages where he talks about this fire that's burning inside of him and that's shut up in his bones and how he even tries to hold back from letting it out, but he just cannot contain it anymore. And this fire that Jeremiah is talking about is a, is a fire that I believe all of us as children of God need to become all familiar with in our lives on a daily basis, on a consistent basis. And before I get into really unpacking a lot of the message, I want to give you some, some background on the situation and on Jeremiah because this fire that is burning in him to essentially do what God has called him to do, to prophesy to the nation, to carry the word of God and speak it over the people, that this passion and this calling and this burden that he has is burning in him so much that all of of the things that are happening around him and all of the circumstances that are threatening to quench that fire just don't seem to have even the slightest effect on putting it down that it just keeps burning and burning to come out of him and I would say that you know God has put a purpose and he has put a mission he has put destiny in each one of his children when he puts his spirit in you he puts that fire he puts that that purpose in you and that we have the ability to just like Jeremiah was saying walk forward in such a way that we're so burning with passion and with fire that no matter what it is that threatens us no matter what it is that comes against our mission no matter what it is that attempts to threaten what God is trying to do in us and through us it will not be stopped that there's a fire that's white hot like a raging inferno that no matter what 
what's going on, we are constantly burning and moving forward. And even we ourselves could not shut it back or hold it back because we're just overcome with the purpose that God has put in our lives. And we cannot want anything more than to see that thing come to pass. And when you look at Jeremiah, in this particular part of the story, okay, you've got to understand several things about what's happening. First of all, the atmosphere of his prophetic ministry, of what God is calling him to do, is not an atmosphere that many people would want to begin their ministry in or begin to start doing the work that God has called them to. Jeremiah is now in the, in the place of Judah, in the nation of God's people, and all of the people, for the most part, the leaders, the kings, the rulers, the governors, all the people of the land have essentially become apostate, right? Somebody's burning with fire down there, man. It's falling down through the floor here. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. We may want to check the fire alarms today and make sure they're working because something's about ready to happen here. So the atmosphere is, is, is not a great one, right? The people of the land are, are turned away from God. They are living in sin. They're worshiping the false idols. They're doing all kinds of things that have basically caused them to abandon the one true God. And this is the, the time where God's about ready to judge the nation. He's about ready to deliver them over to the hands of the Babylonian Empire. And as we know, this eventually comes to pass that they're the all of the nation of Israel and Judah, that they are taken away captive to the land of Babylon for a 70-year period. The temple that Solomon built is totally destroyed, and the people no longer have a homeland, right? This is all getting ready to take place, and this is the message that Jeremiah gets to bring. This is how his ministry gets to be marked, is that he's coming forth, bringing a message to people that isn't necessarily a message of salvation. It isn't necessarily a message of hope and great things are coming. It's a message that God is getting ready to judge this land. This people and this nation have turned from him, and he's now getting ready to bring his judgment to this place, and it's going to result in us being taken away into captivity to our enemies. This is what he gets to say. Now, it's easy to get fired up and get excited and passionate about doing things that you really enjoy doing. I mean, everything has certain undesirable parts of it, but there's many callings and many purposes that all of us have that there's a lot of parts of it that we really get to get excited and fired up about. I don't know if you look at how Jeremiah is coming at this, the nature of the land, the condition of the land, and the message that he's bringing. I don't know how there's really any part of this that's something that he could get totally excited about. And I think that's the whole point of this story. Yet even though all of that is the case, Jeremiah is a guy that we see his ministry was not only marked by this message that he's bringing to the nation, it's also a ministry marked by a man that burned with fire inside so intense for what God called him to do that he himself did not want to continue down it, but he could not stop because the fire was burning and pushing him forward and there was no way for him to 
to be able to put it out. He said even when he tried to hold it back, when he said, I'm not going to talk about it anymore, uh, it's, it's doing nothing but causing me personally like strife and grief and people are mocking me. I'm getting beaten. I'm getting imprisoned. I'm, I mean, all these terrible things are happening. I'm, I'm just done. I'm not going to do it anymore. And he couldn't hold it back. It said it was shut up in his bones like a fire, and he became weary when he tried to hold it back. He actually grew wearisome from trying to keep or prevent this purpose that God had put in him because he knew it was there, and he knew it was supposed to happen. And for him to even try to step away from it or back off from it, it caused him to grow weary from holding it back to the point he couldn't do anything more but then just let that thing out and let that fire begin to burn white hot as he went forward on his mission. The struggle that he faced was intense. I mean, all these things that are happening, not to mention, it wasn't just the leaders of the land and the rulers and the governors. These were his friends and family and people he knew. Imagine growing up in your community, with the people you went to school with, with the people you've worked with, with the families in your neighborhood, and all of a sudden now, guess what? You get to go tell all of these people something terrible is getting ready to happen because we've turned away from God. That isn't exactly something that many people would get too excited about. And he's doing all this, yet somehow there's a fire in him that's keeping him going and moving him forward despite all of this difficulty and resistance that he's facing that's enough to continue to get the job done that God has called him to do. It's burning like an inferno and it simply will not be quenched. And listen, when he says there's a fire shut up in my bones and I, and I just can't hold it back, I don't think that that's simply a metaphor. I don't think that that's just a figure of speech. I think that Jeremiah, this is, this is my, uh, my take on this, right? I think that Jeremiah was so consumed with passion for what God had called him to do. He knew God had a purpose. He knew God had spoke to him. He knew God was leading him to do something. And he was so overcome with this, with this purpose for his life that it was literally like he could feel it in his bones. He could feel it beneath the surface of the surface of what was inside of him. And it was burning from the very center, in, most inside parts of his physical man. And it was just burning to constantly get out. And I know whenever we really tap into the power of God in our lives, the purpose of God, that, there's, that, that there is a fire there. There is something that you can actually feel physically, not just mentally, not just emotionally, but physically you can feel that your life is marked with purpose and that God has something amazing for you to do. And when you grab a hold of that, there's just so much of a desire in us to want to see that thing come to pass that it literally burns in us to the point we can physically feel it in our bodies. And Jeremiah is describing just that. Now here's the thing. The reality is when we talk about this kind of a life of fire and purpose, that we could live in a way that we're constantly feeling this burning fire of God, this flame in us moving us forward, right? We know that Paul said to Timothy, you got to keep the, fan, the flame fanned inside. you got to keep that burning white hot in your inner man. We know that we are meant to live a life and move forward with our purpose that God has for us in this such a way where there's a flame burning all the time inside of us. But the reality is, 
is that's not what you necessarily would find if you survey our culture today. And I would just say for the sake of this message and this discussion, there's three different kinds of, of people that you would maybe find or categories that people would fit into. Okay, One is people that just totally don't even buy into that. They doubt it. They don't believe it. That could be people not in the church or even possibly people in church where they don't believe that this fire and power of God has any relevance or any uh, existence in our life today. That's number one. Number two, which is where I would say a large portion of people fit into, is they believe it. They, they, they've, they've got an idea or a belief or a, at least enough of a faith that, yes, God can do great things. God can move in power and in fire and do things today, but they're not personally experiencing that on a regular basis. They're not completely familiar with it themselves. It's something that they believe in, they know about, they've heard of, but they can't give personal account or testimony to that thing being the case in their lives on a daily or weekly and consistent basis. And then you have the third type of person, which would be someone that believes it, and but not just believes it, but actually knows it to be true. It goes from a head knowledge to an experiential knowledge. It is something that people's lives begin to get marked by on a consistent basis, and they come in contact with the power and the fire of God that resides in them and burns in them on a consistent basis, and nothing else that anybody could ever say could change that or cause them to doubt that. And as a result, amazing things continue to happen and build and grow in their lives as they move forward to accomplish what God has for them. And so I would say the title of this message today is called An Unquenchable Fire. An Unquenchable Fire. And think about that and ask yourself as we go into this. I'm asking myself this too. We, are we burning white hot inside for the destiny that God has for us? Is there a fire and a burn in us that is so intense that we literally could not hold it back if we tried? Much less a few naysayers or a few unpopular opinions quenching that fire that's burning in us. Are we burning with passion the way Jeremiah is talking about? And I want to just give you four things for why this is so important that we burn with this kind of inner fire. Number one, encounters change us forever. Encounters change us forever. There is, when you begin to experience the power and the fire of God in your own life, when it's not something you saw or you heard, but it's something you personally felt and went through and experienced, it, it changes your entire world. It changes everything because now all of the adversity that you're going to face from this point out, all of the difficulties, all of the things that you don't even fully understand the purposes behind, all of that is going to come. But when you've personally been touched and marked by the fire and power of God and you've walked in it, it doesn't matter what all of those things can bring. They are not 
going to convince you that God isn't going to do powerful things, that he isn't burning inside of you, that he doesn't have a fire on your life, and that he doesn't have the power to see it through. We become changed forever. We may not understand everything about God's plan, but we do not begin to doubt his power and his ability because we've personally walked through encounters with him where he's demonstrated that fire and it's actively burning alive in our lives as we go. It's more than an ideal behind our faith. Yeah, oh yeah, God's powerful. He can do anything. It's more than an ideal. It's actually a personal account that we can give to all who we would actually talk to about it. We can speak from experience and how many know that there's nothing more powerful than giving a first-hand account and testimony to the things of God that you've seen. Amen? Number two is that it helps us to build a consistent life of encountering God's power. When that flame is burning hot inside of us, there's just a craving and a desire to move in the direction of where God is going and where he's leading and where he's at. And we begin to see time and experience and experience after one another of God showing up and making his power and that fire real to us in our lives. And as we build consistently over time, it's just like how Paul said in Romans, he said that we, we, it's like we go from faith to faith, right? From experience to experience to experience. And then we begin to have this consistency and this, it's like Experience is built on top of experience on top of experience and nothing can peel back the layers of that stuff It's fortified in our lives and the power of God and the fire of God is something that's just so established in us That nothing can shake the foundation of that and more importantly We begin to expect it and we begin to look for it in the new things that we step into Oh, I got a bad thing going on. Oh, I got these serious things coming on Well, the fire of God is here burning in me and the power power of God has never not been available in the times where I've needed it before. We come to look for that and expect that. And as we do, because we've built a life of consistent encounters and walking in that fire, guess what? God continues to show up time and time again. And it's like a trail of fire that just marks behind us as we've been blazing forward in the purposes that God has for us. Not little bitty, you know, fires along the way. I mean like a trail of fire that our life is marked by. Amen. It, it, it's, it's so consistent that we stop wondering about things in such a way where it's like, well, maybe that was God or maybe it wasn't. You know, sometimes things happen and people, they don't, they're like, well, I don't know. I, I think it might have been God. Well, you know, I did pray, but I mean, I don't know. It could have been this too or it could have been that. I mean, there's so many situations that you're going to find in your life where you're going to have to decide, was that God or was it chance? Was that God or was that random? Was that the power of God? Was that the sovereignty of God? Was that the, in your life? Or, or, or was that just something else that you can dismiss it for, right? And, and as we become, have these consistent encounters and experiences with God's power and fire becoming real, we begin to recognize that at the slightest little spark, at the slightest little sign of a fire blazing up, we begin to, oh, no, no, that's, that's, that is God. That's nothing else but God showing up in my life. I remember one time my uncle, he was really sick. He had cancer, and he had a tumor in his neck, and it was, uh, uh, I forget. I think it was leukemia. Or, no? Okay. Anyway, he had this tumor in his neck, and it was cancerous. And they were going to remove the tumor 
from his neck, but they were, they were very concerned that it had actually moved out of the tumor and into the lymph nodes. They were confident they could get the tumor, but they felt like it was probably at the point it had grown to, it had probably made its way into the lymph nodes. And if it did, of course, that, is, that means that it's probably just going to continue to spread through the rest of the body. Getting rid of the tumor might have just given it more time. And man, I had, I was, I was, I forget what year this was, but I was not at a point where I would say that I was just some super strong in my faith, you know, ready to pray for healing for somebody. But I knew that this was a time and an opportunity for God to do something. And I was there in the hospital and he wanted me to pray for him. And, and we got together, some of the family members, and I put my hand on his neck and I began to pray. And I'm telling you, whenever I did, and we, we just spoke the words of faith and we just declared healing, it was like the fire of God just jolted through my whole body down through my arm to the point he said that he could feel his neck getting hotter and hotter and hotter and there was a burning and a tingling sensation in there and then he went on into the uh into the operating room they removed the tumor they did tests and within a short time the 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 test came back and said there's no cancer anywhere it's not in the lymph nodes he's been cancer free to this day however many years later and i say that yeah i just say that because now, when I pray for somebody and I feel that, or I, I see somebody that needs healing or that's sick, look, I've been marked by that. I, I, I know what that feels like. I know what that looks, I know what that experience is, and you're not gonna convince me that, well, the doctors just get, did a good job. Well, it turns out they just, it wasn't far enough down the lymph nodes, you know, and they just, it, they caught it early enough, no. No, you're not going to convince me that the fire of God wasn't right there in his life. But, and that's, that's great and all for that story. But why is that so important? Because a lot of people that I'm going to pray for for the rest of my days need me to believe in that. They need me to have that kind of faith in the experience that I already had with God and not put that thing behind me and walk into other situations as if God may or may not move. There may or may not be a fire here. I don't know. God always wants to bring the fire, right? He always wants to do that. And that's why we are, have to have our lives consistently marked by that encounter after encounter. Number three, the fire that's burning in us is greater than all of the attempts outside to quench it. So important. You know, think about your stove. You know how when you heat your stove up and you set it to like 400 degrees on the inside or whatever, you shut the door. If you walk up and you dump water or ice or the, the, the temperature in the room, you turn the air conditioner down. Is that going to change the temperature on the inside of the stove? No. It's set at 400 degrees, right? It's a burning inferno in there. It's going, to, it's going to stay regulated at the temperature that you set it at inside regardless of what the other things outside are happening to stop that. And you know what? That's exactly how it was for Jeremiah. This guy was so on fire that whenever the, the king and the governor came and said, dude, you got to stop talking like that. You're getting all these people freaked out. you got to quit this stuff. I, I wish I could. I can't. It's, it's a fire. It's truth. It's God's word in me. I, I can't. I'm sorry. Boom. Okay, we're going to knock you down. We're going to beat you. We're going to throw you in prison. It says there that they put him in the stocks for a day. 
I got this picture up here because I just wanted to show you what this is. Show that picture, Carrie. This is the stocks that they used to put people in to torture them or imprison them, where they put their heads and their arms and their feet in these, and they, they stay there where their body's all distorted and contorted for hours and days, and it causes them to be crippled for life in many instances. So they put him in the stocks, and it was crazy. Listen to this. Right after they let him out of the stocks, he comes back, and listen to what he says in Jeremiah chapter 20, verse 3. Tell me if this isn't a guy that just has an unquenchable fire burned in him. This does not sound like the words of a man who just got beaten and tortured and knows that he could very well get thrown right back in there if he does one wrong thing. This is what he says in verse 3. And it happened the next day when Pasher brought Jeremiah out of the stocks. Then Jeremiah said to him, The Lord has not called your name Pasher, but Magar Musabib. Now this is interesting because Pasher, his name originally it meant ease or deliverance is roundabout. It meant a very good and, and, you know, reputable and esteemable thing. And Jeremiah says, no, that's not your name, actually. It's Magar Musabib, which means, where did that go? It means terror on every side. So he's saying, look, dude, not only am I not going to stop, but you, look, your name isn't even what you think it is, okay? You're actually a bad dude, and bad things are getting ready to happen to you. Terror on every side. You can imagine the king's like, what could cause a man what could possess a man after who's been through what he's just went through to come out and his first words are that to me? Well, I know what it was. You can't control that fire that's burning inside. I'm sure Jeremiah didn't want to say those things, but he couldn't hold it back. God had put something in him that had to come out. That had to be sawn through, right? And Jeremiah was just walking through that thing regardless of what the attempts from the outside to squash it would have been. Listen to what else he goes on to say. For thus says the Lord, Behold, I will make you a terror to yourself and to all your friends, and they shall fall by the sword to their enemies, and your eyes shall see it. I will give all of Judah into the hand of the king of Babylon. This is his people he's talking about, right? And he shall carry them captive to Babylon and they will be slain with the sword. He goes on to say all of these other things that are getting ready to happen. And right after that, after he speaks all that to the king is when he turns and he gets into this moment with God where he says this prayer that I just read to you where he says, I've got, I, I just can't do this anymore. God, I just, I'm going to hold it back. I can't speak this. It's too much harm that's coming to me. And then he goes after that to say, but his word was in my heart like a burning fire shut up in my bones and I was weary of holding it back and I could not. Look, this guy has this fire shut up in his bones. And when you think about that, your skeletal structure runs throughout your entire body, right? That means his hands were burning. I got to pray for people. His, his upper parts of his skull and his skeleton were burning inside with fire, right? I got to speak to people. I got to see things differently. I gotta, I'm hearing things differently. My feet, I've got to walk forward. My feet are burning. Every part of his life was marked by this, enra this enraging fire. No matter what it was, all he could see or think about or do was to, 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 forward, to fulfill what God was calling him to do. Every part of his body, that, that all of his bones represent all the areas of his life that he's uh, that he's obviously involved in and that fire was burning in every part of him no matter what he did that fire was pushing him to do something to move forward there is a passion for God uh, that will be accomplished no matter what the external attempts to quench it were the fire was intense he wanted to quit but he would not um, and number four the fire is so intense 
because it has to, it's, it's going to propel us forward outside of just ourselves because of the life that we're meant to live is one that's going to affect so many other people outside of our own little box, right? And, and it's one thing to have enough of a fire to just kind of stay doing your own thing, but it's another thing to have enough fire and enough passion and enough purpose to move forward, to get, to be propelled forward into the purposes that you have, that God has for you in spite of all of the difficulty you're going to face with all of the other types of relationships and people and situations that are going to be brought against you to try to stifle that thing, to try to quench that thing, to try to put that fire out that's in you. The fire it has to be fanned within us to keep it burning white hot so that it's intense to keep us moving forward no matter what attempts from the outside are coming against us to extinguish that. Many people start and stop. They get motivated and then they get unmotivated. And it leads to many unfinished attempts to the things that God is leading them into. Right? It happens a lot. And many people, their entire life seems to be kind of that way. There's, there's some signs of little sparks. There's a few flames that maybe start to rage up every now and then. But eventually it's like it just kind of ebbs and flows. And it just kind of goes out to a little pilot light maybe every now and then. And, and, and so as a result of that, this, this fire, this flame that's in us, we've got to keep that fan. Just like Paul said to Timothy, we've got to keep seeing God's power. We've got to keep contending for that. We got, look, Jeremiah was a man that despite all these things, he was regularly communing with God. He was praying. He was seeking Him. He was in consistent fellowship with Him. So there were continual encounters with the Lord that were keeping that flame fan inside of Him. And such is the case for us. We have to continue to to search for and seek for and expect for the powerful moves of God the fire of God in our lives so that that flame is fanned and it's burning white hot all the time and we are moving forward as a people on a mission for what God has called us to do and nothing on the external though it be undesirable though it be unpleasant for us at many times it we cannot say that it's doing anything to quench the fire that's burning on the inside of us and we can be just just like Jeremiah saying, it's burning in my bones and I cannot hold it back. I think about, we had the opportunity to hear uh, this speaker, Brother Yoon from China uh, last week. He came over to our Fenton location and he spoke and it was, it was just unbelievable to hear the stories. But, you know, one of the things that he talked about was he was imprisoned for 13 years and then all of a sudden one day God just like set him free from prison like literally all of the doors open from his prison gate on through the end of the prison all the way up to the front gate even there was a taxi waiting to take him out of there and all of the all of the people the guards all they did was just stand there and watch him walk out after 13 years of, ex of expecting God to let him out because he knew when he first was in prison that God wasn't done with him. And God spoke to him and said, no, I'm, you're going to go and you're going to reach more people. And so for 13 years, that fire just burned and, and he eventually was let out. And look, the guy's been preaching the gospel and seeing people one to Christ for years and years since he came out of there. 
And you could say, well, yeah, I'm sure he's excited now because he's out of prison, right, after those 13 years. I would just submit to you, if that fire would have ever went out during those 13 years, maybe God wouldn't have freed him, right? That fire was burning in him because he knew that something was still going to be done, and it didn't matter how the circumstances looked. He knew God had spoke it and was going to bring it to pass, and so that just created this burning fire all the time on the inside of him. And I want to I close with this, this point so we can bring the team back up here. But in the Old Testament, okay, the altar of God where the fire burned, which was where the presence of God was, it stayed burning all the time. And the priests were responsible for putting wood and keeping stuff on this fire. Hear this with me. The priests were responsible for keeping the stuff on the fire to keep that flame going all the time so it wouldn't be extinguished. Everything else about their priestly duties and responsibilities were all underneath the priority of making sure that this flame, that this fire on the altar in the sanctuary, the tabernacle, was always burning, representing that the presence of God was always there in the midst among the people. Now, I want to read with you in Leviticus chapter 6, verses 12 and 13. This is absolutely so powerful. Do not miss this. Leviticus chapter 6, verses 12 through 13. It says that the fire on the altar must be kept burning. It must not go out. Every morning, the priest is to add firewood and arrange the burnt offering on the fire and burn the fat of the fellowship offerings on it. The fire must be kept burning burning on the altar continuously it must not go out now what's interesting is that the very first time the fire got lit it was not by human hands God supernaturally consumed an offering on the altar when that was dedicated and that started the fire in the sanctuary from the beginning and the priest kept that fire going from then on out and it never extinguished and what is he saying? God's telling him, make sure to keep the fan flamed every single morning before anything else is thought about. That fire needs to be attended to. That fire needs to be dealt with. That flame needs to be fanned. Let me give you a powerful revelation here of truth. When God came and lit that fire on the altar supernaturally, that represents the coming of Christ lighting the fire on the inside of us, his spirit burning white hot in us. It's a supernatural thing that's not done with human hands. But that fire has got to be tended to in us on a regular basis. The fan has got to be flamed. You say, well, that was the priest that did that, that did the, the taking care of it. It wasn't all the people. You're right, it was the priest. And do you know what Peter said in 1 Peter 2, 9? He said, we are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, people belonging to God. Listen, when Christ came and did his work on the cross, every one of his children were viewed as royal priests from that point on. No other mediator was needed between us and Christ other than the fire of his Holy Spirit that he sent to live on the inside of us. And we 
have to tend to our own flame. We have got to fan the flame of the fire of God that's burning inside each and every one of us. Think of it like this. If you've received Christ as your Savior and you know you've been born again and His Holy Spirit's burning on the inside of you, what's going on right now? It's either, maybe it's just a pilot light because it's burning, Christ is in there. Or is it a raging inferno? Is it white hot and you can't hold it back? You say, well, I, I know God called me to, to start this ministry to help children but I mean everything is going wrong I mean I just there's not finances the relationships aren't happening but I just can't stop I can't quit there's this fire it doesn't matter I just even if I wanted to and sometimes I do I can't stop going the fire is too intense within me it's enough to overcome our human emotions and that's what we need we need the fire to be burning inside of us that hot to where it's going to push us and move us forward despite all odds or all adversity that we would ever face.